0: Welcome to CYC Podcast Discussions on Child and Youth Care. I'm Wolfgang Vashaw. It's a long-held perception that some of the best, and I put that in quotation marks, some of the best CYCing happens when young people are not focused on being CYC'd. So things like driving to the grocery store, doing dishes, cooking food, making art, building something. And one of the spaces that I think holds a particular mystique is the fire, the bonfire, right? Being outdoors after dark, not being seen, surrounded by others, not really being sure what's beyond the glow of the fire. And I had this idea that maybe these days, for some people, video games are the new bonfire. So let me explain that a little bit. I wonder if video games can do the same thing that bonfires do, particularly for people who don't have the opportunity to go out into the woods. And I think about this because there's been a long slow, reluctant turn in child and youth care towards the online space. Most of us got into this work because we like spending time with people, not because we like staring at computers or phones or other screens necessarily. Now we see the value of being physically near, but that's not always the preferred way for, for young people. Indeed, the popularity of online counseling, online resources has really shown us that a lot of young people prefer this virtual space. And in these pandemic days, the reality is many of us provide services to young people through the virtual space. So games, video games, online games, virtual games. Now I know nothing about video games. I don't know a Minecraft from a grand theft other than I have no desire to work in a mine or steal a car. So I thought I would speak to someone who does know the difference, um, who is a CYCP, who plays games on their own and plays games with young people. So today I'm speaking with Aaron Sirhawk, a CYCP currently working in the private school system and doing a whole lot more projects on the side. And I will invite Aaron to introduce himself. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: No problem, Wolfgang. I'm excited to talk and uh, inform you about the difference between uh, GTA and Minecraft.
0: <laughs> Excellent GTA, Grand Grand Theft Auto is that GTA? That's, yeah, <laughs> that's that's Grand Theft Auto. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a little GTA note here, so I know. Yeah. Um, so, Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself. What what you're what you're doing? Where you come from, and uh, why you? might be talking about video games today. Yeah, no, for sure. So um,
1: I'm a child and youth worker, as you mentioned. I, I still tend to use the term child and youth worker um, rather than CYCP. I know we're, we're aiming towards that these days, um, but I can tell you that my diploma from Humber does say child and youth worker. So it's stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> these days, as you mentioned, I work uh, with private schools mostly, um, but I do a little bit of uh, private practice as well, where I do more of my work with youth Uh, particularly in using video games Um, and yeah that's that's the summary of what I'm at right there Uh, as with most people I'm adapting to this new world of pandemic and
0: uh, yeah nice I I would think you know uh, as someone who's already comfortable with video games there's potentially um, you know there's obviously there's lots of different challenges to it but but maybe some opportunities um there because you already have that familiarity with with that with that medium
1: no for sure it's uh the video game medium and the online medium is something i'm not a stranger to by any stretch i've been playing online games since i was probably 12 years old or, or maybe earlier for all i could remember so i'm very used to this online world i was one of those people who was like we have to stay inside oh convenient i can just stay inside <laughs>
0: so I, I need to ask you uh, are video games the worst possible thing to happen to young people since the invention of comic books
1: you know it's funny because video games and comic books and i think of uh dungeons and dragons all these different things that youth have got into over the years over the centuries i suppose um have always had this sort of negative air around them immediately right after from a variety of groups. I think of uh, when Dungeons and Dragons was first popularized um, before it even became an online thing, which it is a bit more now. They uh, people were afraid of it. They thought it was about devil worship and all these weird things. And I think they did the same thing about comic books. I remember reading about uh, how youth used to get in trouble because they were like, oh, they're reading these comic books. And then even reading in the, in the original times, like, oh, reading, that's weird. <laughs> hmm, 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 hmm. So, no, I don't think that video games are the worst thing to happen to youth at this
0: point, but uh, yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah, yeah. I, I As someone who uh, played d and Dungeons & Dragons, Back in the day, during sort of those early days of of D and um, I, I remember the, the the moral panic around D and D and the 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 news stories about people who um, couldn't tell the difference between the 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 fantasy and the reality and and people who uh, were doing and there was you know these these you know after school special TV shows about the evils of dungeons and it goes really it was. It was really quite, um, quite uh, amazing, um, yeah, yeah. And it, and it, I was recently talking with a uh, a friend of mine, who uh, for a variety of reasons is not not least of which is 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 um, uh, COVID, but they're they're quite housebound at the moment. And and they just got into into Dungeons and Dragons online, and so I was watching them play. A little while ago and, uh, and uh, wow it's really it's, it's really changed in the past 40 years imagine that that's that's
1: typically how things roll out especially uh, when they move to the online format
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so why play video games with young people as a child and youth worker so
1: when I originally started to think about how that was going to work I was very focused on its purpose in relationship building because I remember when I started my CYC diploma at Humber, someone said to me, the best CYCing occurs on the basketball court. Mm. And I can't, can't for the life of me remember who said that now, but it stuck with me um, because I thought, you know, that means that the best CYCing happens all natural, and happens Mm. just as you're going about your day. And as you mentioned in the intro, things like driving to get groceries, going out into stores, things like just natural everyday activities. And as the rise of video games occurs, or, or the rise has already occurred, I suppose, video games are a lot more mainstream than they used to be. I thought, hmm, how can we leverage this? How can this be part of relationship building? I had seen it in in care situations where they have like an Xbox in the home that they can play together and they can thing. I noticed it more, however, with the youth playing with each other rather than the CYC or or whoever else in the home playing with them. So I thought, how can that be used with other people? And I sort of started to do this with a game called uh, Minecraft, which you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. and. Minecraft is basically a game where you build things and you have to use your imagination to set the goal of what you want to do. There's no end goal, it's very up to your interpretation. So I thought maybe what I can start to look at is how can we use Minecraft, not just to play together a game together, but how can we use it to teach life skills? And so, when I started to look into that, I thought, you know, I've already seen Minecraft for Education, which is this program that Microsoft now has with several school boards where they use Minecraft in the classroom to teach things. And I started to research that and look into that. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do some testing. And so, I started uh, working with a young man who has anxiety. And I said, you know what, we're gonna see, can Minecraft be his safe space to talk? And voila, it turned out to be a great experience. We, he was able to open up to me and talk more fluidly as he was playing Minecraft, rather than if we were doing a traditional sit down, stare at each other
0: session. And so the, what I'm hearing is there's both the, the game and, and what's happening in the game, and there's the the act of doing something. And I wonder if we could we could separate those a little bit. Um, and let's start with the the act of doing something other than staring at each other <laughs> across a you know a, a, you know sitting in two chairs or whatever. Um, what what does what do you think playing the game allows? to happen with with you and and a young person you're working with i think it creates an interesting connection especially when
1: you have a a a shared goal so Hmm. if you're for instance in another another video game uh there's one called uh, terraria which is uh basically a building game but at the same time, there's also bosses that you have to fight in different areas in the game. And I've noticed that when working with another youth um, that they enjoy two things. They enjoy either A, working with me to defeat a boss or if I'm not so familiar with a game, working to show me how to play the game, giving them that sort of sense of knowledge that they, they they know more than I do about something and so they get to show me they get to share with me that passion or that interest in the game that I don't necessarily know so much about.
0: Nice. I love that idea of the the young person teaching us and and what it what that provides for the the young person and and how do you how do you navigate that do you intentionally invite people to teach you games? Do you propose games or does it just happen sort of organically? A young person says, Hey, have you ever played Terraria? Let's, you know, no, I haven't, let's, or, you know, how's that, how's that process work?
1: Yeah. I, I find a lot of the time it's organically, um, hmm. I'll be walking down the hallway or whatever, and I'll overhear, oh, they're talking about, uh, RuneScape and RuneScape was this game that came out, um, ages ago when I was little it's been around since probably the late 90s and uh, it's a game where you have to level up your different skills and complete challenges to basically beat the game that's the long short and I had actually thought that runescape was like gone and the other day I overheard the kids talking about it and I was like oh runescape what's going on there? and they got so excited they were like oh we'll tell you about it we'll like we'll show you all this stuff mm. and it really ignited that passion because they're like oh yeah no it's different now Mr. C they call me Mr. C most of the time and uh <laughs> which is funny because they actually can call me Aaron but they choose to call me Mr. C
0: right, right um I, yeah. I think Sir Hawk is an awesome <laughs> name <man. laughs> so, they never quite got that but that might that. be a bit never... too <laughs> rune uh, safe. it's too exciting <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so they yeah so they invite you they get excited they they get excited about 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 teaching teaching you this game that's yeah yeah, yeah. What, you you spoke earlier about the possibility of of life skills or using games to teach life skills and and again as someone who has never seen the interface of of Minecraft or Terraria or Runescape what how does that function how do how does you know what sort of and for all you listeners who are like oh my god you're the stupidest interviewer ever who (laughs) doesn't please bear with me (laughs) Um, how how do you teach life skills through these sorts of games and what sort of life skills might be taught so i'm starting to delve into this
1: so not too far in yet but the first thing i noticed was teaching responsibility because Mm. as with a lot of games, there are goals, there's time limits, there's things that they have to meet to beat the game. And I thought, how can I kind of translate that into teaching them to be responsible, to meet goals, et cetera, et cetera. And so the first example that I've kind of noted is we'll set up a project in Minecraft. We'll say, okay, we're going to build um, a castle. Okay. And So in order to build the castle, we need these materials. We need to clear this plot of land. uh, We need to do all these different tasks and then we'll kind of lay them out. And so what we do is we divvy up the activity uh, or the tasks rather. So say Johnny gets uh, to mine the cobblestone to build the building. Uh, Sally gets to uh, pick out the colors we're gonna use in the building, et cetera, et cetera. We divide up the tasks. And then they kind of learn that teamwork at the same time and the responsibility to complete the tasks. And then together we'll work on, we'll build this building. And they get the sense of accomplishment out of completing the building that then I noticed reinforces. oh, hey, I did my part of this task. Mm-hmm. I was part of the teamwork and look how awesome this is.
0: Right. So in, in Minecraft, you it's not just you and one other person. It, it could be multiples. It can be groups exactly. of... of- a view with that young people. Oh, that's, some, I, yep. yeah. Yep. See, I had no idea, but no. it was just two people playing. It could be uh,
1: up to thousands on Minecraft,
0: actually, if you really wow. wanted to. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. So there, you know, you've been talking about building games, you know, you, you, you mentioned GTA right at the beginning. How, how do you navigate that, that space? I, I remember when I was, um, uh, I was trying to facilitate some conversations with, with young people and the Toronto police. And uh, the police said, yeah, yeah, well, you know, for sure, we'll come in, we'll do some stuff. And they said, but we are not doing paintball because everybody wants to do paintball with the cops. (laughs) And we're not doing paintball. We're not gonna go paintball. We're not gonna have a bunch of young people shooting cops, right? That's not gonna happen. (laughs) Um, And I was like, oh, that's funny because that's exactly what the young people said they wanted to do. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, so, uh, how, how do you navigate different games? You know, and and some that are you know are violent or or yeah, yeah. Or just how do you navigate? That? No,
1: I I think really what it comes down to is age and stage. So, hmm. I tend to work a lot with elementary school age kids. Hmm. Um, my work with high school kids has been a little bit different, um, but. Not as many video games in that regard, but off the sort of balance of I will say the theoreticals, um, it really does depend because certain kids are able to handle the more I suppose violent video games, more like um, Call of Duty, for instance. Call of Duty is a mm-hmm. is a shooting game um, where you where you have to kill other people to get points. Um, basically, or Capture the Flag or all these different modes. Um, or Fortnite, that's the big popular one with kids right now, where they have to battle it out until there's one person standing. And I wouldn't ever suggest playing that with a young, young, young person by any stretch, even though I think the population of games like Fortnite is mostly younger kids. Um, but from a per- practitioner's perspective, I wouldn't play that kind of game with them until they were at least, you know, 16, maybe, because it's hard, I find, for younger kids to really separate the, what is appropriate in this context and what is appropriate in the real world. Um, So I wouldn't want to get them too into anything, we'll say, violent um that's where I, with younger kids i would be like oh let's play minecraft let's play team games mostly mm-hmm. games where you're kind of more i suppose solo lone wolf that's older kids because with older kids the relationship building i find is more like oh i beat you at that video game haha i'm awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which lends to its own usages actually because if you play a game with an older kid like a 14 year old and they, uh, they get to win the game against you. Uh, they're like, oh, I beat so-and-so. Especially with me, because I know so much about video games. Like, ha, right. I beat Mr. C at such-and-such game. Like, oh, it's exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm
0: like, oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And are there, are, are there opportunities to open up into conversations around around winning and losing and and playing because I think that you you know you, you referred to basketball early on and things like height uh you know is 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 huge right yeah. so if if you as a you know if I'm playing with a 14 a year old very frequently I'm gonna have the the height on that Fourteen-year-old, and I, it seems to me that there might be a, it might be a bit more of a an equitable space in in video games because it's less dependent necessarily on uh, physical build and it's it's more much more about technique. Not to say that basketball is not a lot of technique, mostly technique. But um, so yeah, any any thoughts on 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 yeah, just how how you um, have conversations about the winning and the losing or what that opens up.
1: Yeah. I think it's very similar to conversations that we would have uh, in real life about winning, losing in sports and other such uh, physical activities, I suppose. Um, there are definitely kids who have a harder time handling if they lose a game and there are definitely kids who are very gracious about thing. And so teaching those skills um, is a normal part of it. So You'll find, especially, I always think of, um, for a physical example, I always think of Capture the Flag. Anytime Mm. I have played Capture the Flag with a group of kids, it has been a disaster. (laughs) There is so much, he cheated, she cheated, he cheated, she cheated, that uh, I... (laughs) I almost get to the point where I'm like, okay, we're changing the game to share the flag. We're going to sit in a circle and pass the flag around and say nice things about each other. That's it. No more capture the flag. We're done. <laughs> um, nice. So the same kind of things can be impacted in video games, right? If you're, especially if you aren't aware of the different skill levels of the video game of the young people you're working with, you can accidentally stack one team much higher Uh, in the odds than you can uh, the other. So knowing your youth um, and working with them before you get to sort of the video game is important. Asking kids like, hey, you know, what video game do you like the most? Which ones are you good at? Um, So you can make sure that you do end up with equitable teams in those sort of, uh, in those particular games. And then, as you were saying about uh, teaching, you know, good sportsmanship and teaching them how to, you know, lose graciously or win graciously. Yeah. It's just, it's just standard. It's very much like, Hey, you know, you lost this game, but that's okay. It's, it's not a big deal. I always used to say to kids, we're not playing for money. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to make it through. I've, I've played a lot of uh, monopoly over the years with, with kids and they're like, Oh, I'm broke but you're not, <laughs> right.
0: which always gets a good laugh. So it works out. Nice. And do you find that, that there's a difference between playing a, a, a board game versus a video game, a board games, such just Monopoly, um, for example, versus a, a video game? I find it varies
1: by the child because certain mm. personalities that children have um, are more intensive about how, they feel about winning or losing in board games versus video games. A lot of there, I, I suppose the, the terminology I would use is there are certain youth that I wouldn't recommend game video games with in the first place because they have this sort of addictive personality to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely experienced that um, where you'll like, you'll try to use the game as a tool, the video game and then that's all they ever want to do. They don't want to do anything else and it becomes too much. So knowing your youth are the kind of characters who are going to be able to play a game uh, with you and use it as a tool or yourself as a practitioner, knowing enough about a game or, or how to play that game with youth is also important. You know, you need to have that background knowledge and that skill that not everybody does um to use the game as a tool because just like kids who play Monopoly and get way too into it and enjoy watching their other teammates lose um (laughs) it's it's another it's another problem I wouldn't want to set up a scenario where you know we're gonna watch uh Sally completely obliterate us in something and then laugh at us because it's not going to work out for the rest of the team I will survive but the other players maybe not so much nice
0: I, just as, as we move towards um, wrapping up our, our conversation I, I really am really really enjoying this um, and then it, it makes me want to like check out some video games um, I, I'm wondering about things like like loss and and grief um, because so many games that you know I, I read about are about death and about killing. I, I'm, I wonder if you, have you ever used video games as a way to explore grief or are you aware of, of young people who are, are dealing with grief or, or loss or you know death in, in the family or uh, you know in their lives? Yeah, and using video games in that way at all? I've seen youth use video
1: games to tackle, um, not necessarily grief of that regard, but I've seen it used to tackle several different, what we call typically big emotions in the context of the youth I work with. Um, I find certain video games will allow youth to process those big emotions by either just letting them do something they enjoy or in a more complicated sense sometimes the narrative within video games if you're doing a more story-based game is relatable and helps them find sort of a peace or some sort of closure in whatever situation they're handling because a lot of video Mm -hmm. games do have a very narrative-based story and I, in fact there's there's about 7 million video games that are start out you're a child in a village the village gets burned down what do you do right <laughs> right there's right so right. many of those so it's it is it's very um there because video games is such an open media and there are companies creating them there are single persons creating them there are like it's so broad almost anyone i've met has found a video game that they can relate to that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. And if they haven't yet, chances are they will because the market is mm-hmm. constantly getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Amazing. Aaron, I've, I've really, really enjoyed this, this conversation. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I started with this idea of, you know, video games is the new bonfire, but <laughs> what I've learned in this conversation with you is that it's 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 so much more, I mean, know yes there's that that cooperative piece of you know going and building the bonfire putting the bonfire together and sitting around the bonfire and 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 there's also so many so many more potentials and um and I tend to have this sort of romantic notion um that that it dismisses video games and I, and I, I think you've done a really lovely job of um allowing me to reconsider that and uh and to think about how, how, you know, the, the, the role, the place of video games, um, the exciting, sounds like really, really exciting stuff that you're doing with young people in video games. So um, just as we wrap up, is there anything else you want to touch on that I didn't ask because I don't know what I'm asking about <laughs> that you think is important to, to, to talk about before we end our conversation today? You know, I think that
1: in the end, I just want to emphasize that pick, pick your game carefully and Mm. know about the youth you're working with first, because Mm. I would never suggest video games in the sense of using them for more complicated tasks as a starter. I can see them very much used as relationship builders uh, right off the bat in some contexts, but you really have to know the youth. You have to know the game because otherwise you will run into situations where it's not so fun. And you'll get angry parents coming after you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, angry parents. Yes, uh, Aaron Sir Hawk, thank you so so much for for taking the time today, having this conversation with me. I've I've found it uh, fascinating um, and and informative, um, and I I, uh, I hope other people do as well. Um, and uh, yeah, stay inside and. Stay locked down and stay playing video games.
1: Sounds good. I hope everybody has found this to be interesting. (laughs) I'm sure. Thank you, Aaron. We'll talk again soon. Have a good one, Wolfgang. Stay safe.